We're going to go ahead and get started with uh, five jokes for you this morning. Strong, strong dad jokes, okay? Very strong dad jokes. What kind of hair do they sell at IHOP? Extensions. Extensions. What does a sandwich cook? Or when does a <laughs> when does a sandwich cook? When it's bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Bacon. It's bacon. It. Bacon. It's so good. I'm enjoying. You like this? What did Michael Jackson call his denim store? Billy Jeans. <laughs> like that's good. <laughs> what do mermaids wash their fins with? Tide. <laughs> Last one. What do dinosaurs use to pay bills? Trianosaurus checks. What? Yeah. You guys awake? Now you are, right? That just put you to sleep. We're starting a brand new series today. Uh, we just finished up the book of Jeremiah. We're going to be looking at the book of Nehemiah. It's going to be super fun. Um, just finished up an amazing book of Jeremiah. Hope you guys enjoyed that. If you missed any of it, you can look at our Facebook page, and we have all that and our website, so you could always go back in time and watch. But uh, today, we're starting off with Nehemiah. The book of Jeremiah, though, uh, helped us restore our one relationship, our one uh, God that we would want to come back to God as our only God. This is what Jeremiah talked about. This is what he presented to people. He told them that everything else in life is nothing compared to a relationship with God. The book of Jer Jeremiah um, talked about having God as our God. The next step in having God as our God is building a foundation on him, to build our foundation on the Lord and the Lord alone, that our foundation in life is actually built on God. This is what Nehemiah talks about. The Bible talks about having, um, a, having a relationship with God so strong that when life comes with a lot of situations and the winds and the waves come, that our life is so strong that our house is built on a rock, which is Jesus Christ. But if our house is built on sand, a lot of times our life just crashes, right? And I thought, like, what a great example of crashing besides Jenga. Have you guys ever played this game before? Is anybody really good in here at Jenga? We got one. Good. You don't get to play today. You can play after service if you want. Jenga is just such a great example of what it looks like to have a firm foundation because without the foundation being firm, uh, the entire structure is always falling over. Have you ever noticed that? You got to have the firm foundation. You want to make sure that Jenga is set up on a level playing field because if it's not, it's going to always want to fall and tip one way. But life comes with a lot of different situations, a lot of different storms. 
and we have uh, we go through a lot of transition, and we um, deal with a lot of different things in life. And so today, I'm going to actually talk about what it looks like to have a life that's actually planted on God, that our foundation is the Lord. And so um, sometimes in in life, when you're walking through some different things, it feels like. You, Everything's stacking up. You're trying to keep life in balance. Has anybody else like done that? Or like, I'm just trying to stay in balance. Like, just trying to keep all these things going. It's it's kind of hard, isn't it? Jenga, I won. Is that how you win? Is that the rules? <laughs> it's a great example of life. Because a lot of times, I don't know about you guys, but when things aren't going right, a lot of times I just want to do this and just feel like I'm done. <laughs> and then you find yourself like, oh, geez, I got to get life back together. Ah, boy, put it all back. Okay, yeah. <laughs> life, life is, I'm good. I'm good, guys. I'm fine. Like, <laughs> welcome to City Church. Uh, <laughs> How do, we, how do I look? Even getting to the point where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm all right. Uh, just trying to keep life together. That's going to fall in time. Today, I want to talk about the foundation of all this. Like, God is not interested with all these structural things where, like, what we have to offer and all these gifts that we have He's not as interested in that, in that as he is in having your foundation in him alone. And I feel as a church, the church as a whole, we've done a really bad job of this. We're actually like, you know, like I'm getting my life together. I'm going to stop doing these things. I'm going to, okay, we're going to help you, give you like how-to tools on stopping this or quitting this or being better at this. Like, we should have been focusing on Jesus just wants you in a relationship with him. God loves you enough that you don't have to perform for him. It's okay to not be okay. Nobody here has it together. Nobody's perfect. And so we're all, like, trying to figure out how do we put life together and the biggest part of this is it's your foundation. Your foundation has to be key. It's worth your investment. It's, it's worth your time to have a foundation in Christ alone. And so this is what we see in Nehemiah. But Nehemiah, this book is amazing. You're going to learn all these amazing tools of how to like, deal with conflict, how to move forward in the middle of criticism, how to raise up people for a movement. And like Nehemiah is a great book, so powerful, lots and lots of action. Like It's just action, action, action. Nehemiah is so great, a leader. You're going to learn so much in it. But today I want to actually go back to the very beginning of the book and start it off with why does Nehemiah take action? And the reason is, is because he reflects. He reflects, and then he takes action. Reflection, then he takes action. Nehemiah starts off with, uh, we're actually going to be picking up in the first chapter of Nehemiah, 
right out of the end of Jeremiah. So you guys might learn, like, the Bible is not in chronological order. And so you can see we ended with Jeremiah, and we're jumping into Nehemiah. Jeremiah was a prophet, and he actually, his, his role was to tell people that they needed God as their only God. And his, he was called to people that knew God, but had walked away from him. And so God says, you know what, disaster's coming from the north if you guys don't turn around and come back to God. And so Jeremiah's message for 42 years was to tell people they need God as their only God. Otherwise, disaster's going to hit their land. The Babylonians are going to come and attack their land, and they're actually going to take them captive. And everything that Jeremiah said was going to happen does happen. Disaster comes, and the Babylonians capture all the people. They put them in the prison, and actually the Babylonians take their entire land, the land of the Israelites, and destroy everything, like destroy it all, including the perimeter of it, the wall that protected the land. So the Babylonians go in there, they set it all on fire and destroy everything. And that's where we're picking up in the book of Nehemiah, which is exactly what Jeremiah ended with. It's pretty cool, isn't it? It wasn't planned at all. So that's God. Uh, we started off with the book of Jeremiah and we're jumping into Nehemiah. This wasn't a planned thing, but this is what we're doing. Okay? So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to read Nehemiah 1 through 4. And before I do that, I just want to... Uh, I just want to pray and just invite the Lord. Would you guys just pray with me to, um, that God would just like have his way as we go through this book. Uh, Jeremiah was really impactful for, for myself and I, I believe us as a church. And so would you guys just pray that the same thing would happen in Nehemiah? Would we just pray together? Let's do that. So God, we just, uh, we thank you so much for this moment and time that you have plans for today. You gave us a beautiful day to just press into your presence and, and hear your word. And so, Lord, we just, uh, we just hand over this book of Nehemiah that it would speak directly to our hearts, to each one of us in this room. Yeah, speak to us, Lord. Have your way, God. Holy Spirit, I just invite you to speak through me that um, as we study this book today, as we jump into this, Lord, that your words would just come across loud and clear to the church. Lord, I just pray for any one of us in this room that just uh, is really focused on the, the performance aspect of what we can bring to the table, God. Would you just get beyond that this morning and just speak directly to our hearts? Yeah, we just hand over this time. We hand over the next 12 weeks to you as we just study this book. Have your way. Lead and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Nehemiah 1. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hekeliah. In the month of Kislev, in the 12th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men and I questioned him about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. So at the very end of uh, Jeremiah, if you remember, there was like this remnant of people. I think it was like 4,327. 
I'm going to throw that number out there, and then I'm inviting you to prove me wrong this week. Uh, there's like this, this, uh, this like breakdown of all the people. So it's like this remnant of people, this little group of people. And so Nehemiah sends his brother to go look at the remnant and also look at the, the city and see what has happened. And here's what his brother tells him what's happened actually in the city. They said to me, those who survived the exile or back in the providence are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates have been burned with fire. So he sends his brother to go look at the city, comes back with this news. Hey, look, the city is a disaster. The entire place is on fire. The, the gates of the place, the, the entire wall is broken down. So like anyone can come into the city, anyone can come out of the city. There's no protection against anybody. And so they come there with um, the news of like sad news for Nehemiah. His people are living in like putting together blocks on top of blocks and trying to just like keep captive in the city. The beautiful city that once was is, is no more. Listen to Nehemiah's response. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Nehemiah hears the horrible news and he sits down and he weeps. And so for the rest of the book, that is something that we need to have at the forefront of our minds as we're reading the book of Nehemiah, that it actually comes from somebody who is really broken over the city, that he sits, he sits down and he weeps. He mourned for days. He fasted. He prayed. Notice it doesn't say that as soon as I heard these things, I grabbed my shovel and I got some people together and we started doing stuff. This is called reflection. Before we act on something, we reflect. We can move forward in things as we reflect. Reflection is foundational. It's what we build a strong house on, is to be able to reflect. There's a quote from Melanie Forsyth that I heard the other day, and it just like really spoke to my heart. She's a pastor in Ohio. And she shared this. She said, if we're honest, most of us run too fast and are too busy to reflect. I was like, man, that speaks to me. Just thinking about over the last year, last year and a half or so, you know, just at all times, reflection is like the last thing that I want to do. What I actually want to do is take action. Just move, you know, a lot of pivoting. Okay, okay, this is what we got to do from now on. And you just like take so much action but I see Nehemiah in this, and Nehemiah's heart breaks for something, and then he just reflects. He weeps. He takes a moment, says days. He mourned for days, and he reflects on this. Reflection is the basement work that nobody wants to do. Reflection is the basement work that nobody wants to do. The quieting down, the slowing down, inviting God into areas that are foundational of our life. When you're remodeling a home, okay, I'm going to step over here. This is like you just stepped into Home Depot do-it-yourself project, okay? Welcome to Home Depot, guys. 
if you want to find, the, you need help with the nails, yeah, they're down there. Go find them. All right, so, <laughs> come on. <laughs> when you're remodeling a home, you take an old house and you're going to remodel it. Maybe you bought it for, you know, a really cheap price and you're like, oh, I really want to invest in this place and new windows and siding and all these things. The first thing that you want to do is you want to start in the basement. Right, Damon? Yeah. You want to start in the basement. We have, a, we have somebody that does that here, right here. And the reason is, is here's, well, here's a couple things. You're going to need a shovel. You're going to need a sledgehammer, sledgehammer or a uh, jackhammer. You're going to need bags of concrete, okay? So you put those bags of concrete. You're going to need some, some big totes so you can mix up your concrete. And it's going to be really dirty, right? And so you start in the basement, you dig 42-inch holes, and then you fill them up with concrete so there's a firm foundation. And then you buy some jacks. And the reason is, is because you're going to jack up the floor so your first floor is level. And you're thinking like, that's kind of stupid. Well, majority of your work is actually done in the basement as opposed to like on the first floor and second floor. It's a lot of work. It's dirty. It's hard. It's a lot of back-breaking work. The reason is, is because if you don't start in the basement, as soon as you start hanging cabinets on the, on the, in the kitchen, you're going to realize like you got to twist the cabinet to be straight and square. And then you put up drywall. Drywall is square. It's flush. But you see, if your foundation is all jacked up, you're going to have to put drywall up. You're going to have to like, you know, use a bunch of mud to level it and all these different things. And then when you finally get done, you're going to put pictures on the wall and you're going to have to like twist them sideways so they look straight because everybody's walking in your house like this. You got to start in the basement. That's how you restore something. You start with the dirty work. Start down low. And the basement is something that nobody appreciates, right? And it's the same exact way with our life. We have to start with what the foundational things are, deep-rooted within us. That's where we start. And the way to do that is reflection. What is something in my life that I'm just, I just, I don't want to address right now? That I'm so busy, I'm just working so hard that I just don't want to even address it. Foundational things. The Father, Father God, He loves us as His kids. He loves you so much. Father loves you so much. You are His child. You are His son. You are His daughter. You are beautiful in His sight. Guys, He is the Father you've always wanted. He came to every one of your baseball games. <laughs> he sees you in every single moment of life. He is proud of you as a son. Ladies, he's the daddy you've always wanted. You're so beautiful to him. You're just a little girl. This is foundational. If you don't have this, if you don't spend the time to, to work on that as your foundation, You'll be looking for somebody else to fulfill this and setting your life upon something else. And the truth is, as people come and go, 
And so, like, if you try to put a person in this role, man, life comes crashing down all the time. The Father, the Son, Jesus died on a cross for all of us. Not only that, but he adopted you in as brothers and sisters of the Father. How cool is that? This is foundational stuff. Not only that is he forgives us of everything. Like Jesus paid the ultimate price for each one of us in the room. There is nothing that we could ever do that Jesus didn't pay the price for. He loves us. He invites us to follow him, to be a disciple, that we can look to big bro Jesus and go, oh, Jesus did that, I can do that. He lived out the life for all of us to see that we can follow. This is foundational truth. And lastly, we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides within us. He lives inside of us. He gives us the strength. He gives us the hope. He gives us the joy that we need to live out the life that God has for us, the plans and purposes that the Lord has for you, is not by you working super hard. It's through you living through the Holy Spirit day after day. The Holy Spirit lives in us, that God has made us holy through the Holy Spirit. These are foundational things that we can set as a firm foundation on our life. The best way to look at these and go, God, am I doing something that's not what these things are? Have I replaced a person as the Father? Am I not willing to to live out what Jesus has for me through forgiveness and forgiving myself and forgiving others? Am I trying and am I striving so hard in life to be good enough that I'm not inviting the Holy Spirit into these areas of my life to just live life through me? These are the foundations. The best way to see and work on these foundations is reflection. Reflection. To reflect. To slow down. Reflect. So before we go any further in Nehemiah, I just found it really important today that we should just spend a second, some time, and reflect. It's okay to be brutally honest with yourself today. Because God wants to do the deep work. He wants to build us up from the ground up. And there's no rush in reflection. One thing that I just invite us into, and we're actually going to practice it here in a moment, is moments of silence. To actually take a moment and to be silent. Some questions that you can ask in these moments of silence are where am I living out of someone else's words over my life? 
as opposed to God's. As I've been practicing this, one thing that I realize with the Father is I've had a lot of people in my life tell me I can't do something. <laughs> I have had a lot of people, you can't dunk. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Those people were right. I've had a lot of people in my life just say, you know, put me in a category of, oh, you're this type of person, you're this type of personality, so therefore that is what you can do in life. And so I was just thinking about it, like, I'm just like out there proving people wrong. And it's been one of those things that's just foundational as opposed to living out of who the Father called me to be. I'm living out of like, I'm gonna prove as many people wrong as I can. This is foundational stuff. Whatever your father has said over you, or your family, or family members, these are foundational things. If we're trying to live out of that and prove them wrong, or we just like put ourselves in a box and I guess that's who I am because that's what my dad said got to come back to what the Father says about us. The Father. Another foundational thing is great to ask in moments of silence is this. As we think about Jesus, who am I not forgiven? Who am I holding on to unforgiveness to? Because like if this is in the core of your structure and the foundation of your life, that you know what, I've forgiven these people, but these people in this category, I just can't forgive them. What Jesus did is he forgave us all in ourselves. The other thing is this, is Holy Spirit, one, one amazing part about moments of silence is nothing gets done, Okay? Nothing gets done. <laughs> you don't do anything with your hands. You're not performing. You know, you, nobody else sees this stuff. Nobody's like, wow, they're great at moments of silence. They're really good. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> I don't know that it's a gift or anything, but, you know, nothing's tangible. Nothing gets done. And the great part about that is, is with the Holy Spirit, and with God, we, we try to perform so much for him. And so in these moments of silence, it's just really great to ask the Holy Spirit, you know, what's an area that I'm just, I'm just like really weak in right now that you want to strengthen? So what I'd love for us to do is to reflect today. As we start off this book of Nehemiah, I'd love to just invite you to Reflect. And just take a couple moments of silence. And so we're going to do that. We got time. The message was short. Just so you know, that was a short message. Okay? It was. There was five jokes, too. You can reflect on those jokes. Don't do that. <laughs> Nothing will get done. So I just invite you today. We're just going to take two minutes. Have you been silent for two minutes? Yeah.
So just invite you to just take a couple minutes, put any distractions away. This is not a time I would love for you to just like stay seated. That would be awesome. And then just put any distractions away and then just ask the Lord. Remember, he speaks to us. He loves us. We are his sons. We are his daughters. So act and just visualize yourself like coming before God today and ask the Lord some questions. Where am I living out of another place in my life that were your words all over my life? Am I living from someone else's words? Am, am I holding on to unforgiveness to someone? And where's an area of my life that I'm trying to keep so busy in because I just don't want to address it? Just don't want to address it. And anything else that comes to mind as you think of reflection. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. And then let's just reflect. You know, before I do that, um, I have a strong sense that, like, it's never too late. Okay? So this isn't, this isn't something like, oh, man, I wish I was back in my 20s and, and did this and wasn't living from this area of my life. God is never done with your life. It is never too late for him to restore things that he wants to restore today. It's never too late. So Holy Spirit, we just, we just invite you in this time as we start to look at rhythms of um, putting this into action in our day-to-day life and just taking some moments and setting them aside to just reflect on what you're doing. God, I pray for each one of us that you just speak directly to our hearts.